Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome everyone to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley, and with me today is my guest, Jen Powell. Welcome to the show, Jen. I'm so excited to have you on to talk about an organized perspective. And Jen is the creator of this company that you launched, and we're going to have you tell us about that right now. But again, Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, go ahead and and share with us what it was that kind of prompted you to begin this organized perspective. Yeah. So I love this story because it it does speak to a lot of people, a lot of my clients, actually, a lot of moms. It's during COVID. I'm nursing a baby. I'm potty training a toddler. And I'm starting to really realize I'm losing myself. I'm losing my core identity. Obviously, as a mom, that's one thing. But then your identity beyond being a mother I was like, what am I going to do? What if I feel like I need to be doing something? I started, things started slowing down as like my youngest started getting older. And I was like, okay, it, it's time. I need to do something. And I couldn't quite figure it out. I had a talk with a family member and she encouraged me to look into this as an option because I had just told her I was up until 11 o'clock one night reorganizing my closet for the upteenth time or doing my pantry the week before. And so it was one of those things, kind of a duh moment. It was, well, obviously I could do that. And I hit the ground running the next day and I started doing a bunch of research and seeing if it was a need in the area. And I just kind of stuck with it. And every part of this journey has been so amazing. I was always waiting for a kind of a kickback being like, oh, that's not going to work. You can't do that. For whatever reason, I was always waiting for that. And it it never came about. It was like, this was all meant to be. And I really believe in the universe telling me, you know, this is what you're doing. This is what you need to be doing. So that's kind of how I got started. I just jumped right into it and created, you know, my Instagram and my website and it just flourished. So that's really like the short or long version of that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that a lot of people, when we first went into lockdown during the pandemic, were kind of faced with some of that, like, what do I do with myself? And then you start looking around your home and you go like, well, this doesn't work and this doesn't work. And so it sounds like that kind of is what happened for you. And then you found an outlet for that and then began helping others. And so tell us then once you launched the Instagram and started sharing some of what you were doing, how did you build it beyond that? Yeah. So my client base, I really thought I was going to be doing, you know, one client a week. And even, even if it's a client every other week, it'll be fine. I ended up posting on Nextdoor. And I feel like in our area, in this area that I'm in, it's Nextdoor is such a big, you know, a big part of the community. And I posted on that and I got quite a few hits and it just 
snowballed from there. I also use Yelp as well, but just not as much. But I I found a majority of my clients through word of mouth and through Nextdoor. And it just, I'm still always in shock by how, how much it's grown. It's very exciting. I love it. That's so great. You know, you made a good point about the word of mouth. And we so often share our good experiences with others and our bad experiences. And, you know, we, I've talked to other people on the show about that. When we have those bad experiences, we tell everybody, right? And so that word of mouth, it sounds like really helped you grow the business just beyond the one client a week that you thought you initially were going to be helping. So that's excellent. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was quite a surprise. (laughs) What a great resource too. Yelp is one of those places that uh, you love it or you hate it, but it often has such great uh, feedback, right? So if so, there's something you need to improve on, that's a great place you can learn from, I think. Yeah, definitely. I agree. <laughs> well, so tell us, that, uh, I guess, let's say biggest pain points that you see for your clients in uh, organizing. Yeah, one of the big things that I think The big issue is just too much of everything. It's a lot of slow accumulation and not being aware of it. And then they turn around and they're like, oh, well, how did I get here? How did, and then it's just a huge overwhelming thing. And then that leads into not being able to get rid of the things that we're not using anymore. And that's a majority of, of my clients. It's just, it's just too much of everything. And then. Yeah, it's just, it's rough. So talking about overwhelm, and that is huge, I think, for so many people and for like myself as well, these things just creep into your house. And if you just, you're tucking things here and you're tucking things there, and then you just don't realize how much stuff you actually have. So I can completely understand that. And so then how are you helping clients who are are overwhelmed like that and just suddenly turn around and go like, wow, how did I end up with all this stuff? Yeah, that's a good question. What I, I think I do to help them is really to give them a roadmap and in, encourage them that it, they're not the only ones doing this. This is not a weird, they're not the weird ones. They're not out of the norm. I think that's like a huge issue with a lot of, a lot of people. They're like, oh my God, it, it's only my garage or my my closet is the worst closet ever. And it's like, no, there's no worst. It's all different. So I think making sure that they know like that they are not alone. I'm not there to judge them and to give them a roadmap and encourage them that this isn't the worst case scenario. This is going to get done. It's going to there might be hard parts. There might be issues with, you know, making room for certain things. And I think that them knowing that I have their back is a big part of that. It kind of irons out the overwhelm. (laughs) Sure. And so what about some uh, steps that you're suggesting that they begin to take to combat some of that, you know, extra stuff? What are some things that maybe you're suggesting that is helping them? Yeah. uh, So a lot of the times it's starting with removing the junk, removing the trash, getting, getting the things out there that are, they, they don't need to 
be sold, resold. They don't need to be put in a different spot in the home. It's literally the things that just need to go in the trash because once those things are out, once that first step happens, you can see things a lot clearer. And then after that, then it's it's finding out it, what are we going to get rid of? What are we going to donate? Doing a donate pile. And then there's also a rehome pile. So a, a pile that of things like, well, that doesn't belong in the bathroom. That goes in the kitchen for whatever reason. So that's another part that I don't think a lot of people think of and getting them into that step of and, and changing their mindset to start doing that on their own is a big part of it as well. Getting them to kind of encourage them that they're able to do that, empowering them to do that. And once you get those things out of there, the things that don't belong, the, the junk, the donation stuff, it's it's a lot easier to get things organized, to get things. I say it a lot and I'll probably say it again, but apples with apples and oranges with oranges, um, trying to get your categories set for each space. Oh, for sure. Fantastic points too, because like you said, those Things that aren't in the right place, just put them where they need to be, where it makes sense for them to be. That's easy to do, right? And then like the trash, oh my gosh, things that just really need to be thrown away or donated, like you said, easy things to do. It's those things like you need to resell it or it needs to be fixed or something you know that requires a little bit more effort. I think that then at that point, I'm assuming you say set those aside and then tackle those later, right? Yeah, and I really do ask my clients every time if there's one of those things, something's broken, do you want to spend the time to get that fixed? Do you, like, have you, how long have you known this is broken? Do you want to spend the time on it? Because, yes, you might save money, but how much time is it taking you? Because that's also costing you something. It's not just like, oh, that I fixed that and now I don't have to buy it. Well, how long did it take you? And are you actually going to do it? Trying to be honest, like having my clients be honest with themselves is a huge part of it. You know, really being aware of the situation is it's hard because you're in it. And that's why I, I try to take people out of it, look at from the other side of things, you know, a different perspective. And it helps them a lot to go. Yeah, I don't need that. I'm not going to use it. <laughs> Yeah. Or I'm not going to get it fixed. Not going to do it. Not yeah. going to. No, and then even I don't even want to bother spending the time selling it on Nextdoor or Facebook Marketplace. I don't even want to deal with it. So that's usually what happens. <laughs> yeah. Good point. And, and I love that you said a different perspective. And so I'm assuming that's, you know, kind of where you got your name from, right? An organized perspective. And so it's changing how you're looking at stuff and organizing. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Just bringing a new set of eyes into a space. And it's crazy how much that helps. That can help. Well, so let's talk a little bit about what you have um, shared with me and that a lot of times people maybe have a big change that's going to be happening in their home. And that could be maybe a new baby or a family member that's going to have to move in. And so they, these big changes that you know you may be encountering like, how do you help them prepare for that with their home? Yeah, good question. The first thing to start off is basically, what are your goals and your needs for this particular space or this particular change in life? A new baby's coming and we got to 
change rooms and we got to put baby in here and or we just need to start making room for those. So making sure that the client, like that you know what your end goal is here and what your needs are for that spot. And I think it seems like a very obvious thing, but I don't think people really sit down and are mindful of that before they get started with a project. And so I like to make sure that obviously I need to be aware of that. And by talking to my clients, it helps them so much. It, it gets them like kind of we're all on the same page. And even if they need to write it down, I like to write things down for them and put it on notes and share it. Like these are the goals that you mentioned and just writing things down helps everybody. So yeah, so that would be like the first step. And then, like I said, going back to removing the jack. So getting everything out, getting things out that are not needed. They're not going to serve that new chapter of your life. Are we going to like, do we need to keep this? Say you're retiring. Say you're retiring. You and your spouse are retiring. Okay, we're going to downsize. We don't need like three dressers. We need one dresser or whatever it is. So just being aware of that kind of stuff, getting rid of the junk per and then purging, purging the clothes. There's probably way too many clothes in a certain space. And then after everything's gone that we don't need, it's really taking inventory of what we are going to keep and getting with all of that, with all of the things that we are keeping, creating a system. We like to create a system that's going to keep those things in in some kind of order. And making it work for this new transition. And uh, like with a baby, you need to have everything kind of set up, ready to go, easy to throw onesies back into a, a thing or restocking diapers, just making it as easy as possible. Cause we, you know, we know how hard that can be, that transition can be, especially when it's the first or, you know, or the third, whatever. So setting up those systems is key. Um, and then the other thing is adjusting it as necessary and knowing I tell my clients this all the time is nothing that we do is in cement. So you can change things. Things can go. That is just driving me nuts. And I tell them it's not going to hurt my feelings. I you're living in it. You have to change it if you need to. So I'm always available to, you know, for calls or texts going, this is bugging me. How do I adjust this? We can always iron it out. So that's usually the case. That's like the the base model of what needs to happen when we have these big changes in our lives. And number one, like I said, is really just knowing what your needs and your goals are. That'll get you so far. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to a couple of things that you said, and that's writing things down, writing down like the end goal and, you know, the things that you, you think you're going to need, you don't, you are certain you don't need. And really kind of formulating a plan there, because I think that you lose these kind of thoughts in your mind because you're like, oh, what about this? And what about that? And it's like, if you get it down on paper, now it's like, oh, I didn't forget about that. And we thought through everything and it's all right here. So that's a fantastic tip. And also, I love that you pointed out about being flexible. And it's okay to make changes as you go, as you realize that something's maybe not working as well as you thought it might and making it work a little bit better for you. So those are excellent tips. I love it. Yeah, it's going back to writing things down. A lot of times what happens, it has to do with that overwhelm we were talking about. People get into such a tailspin when they 
don't just have it, you know, just write it on your mirror in your bathroom with a dry erase. Just get it on paper so that you don't have to keep going circling back to it. And again, little simple things that seem so obvious, but we just kind of just need a little like flick in the face to do it. <laughs> I'll smack around. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, so then let's talk a little bit about um, what are the most common areas that you're seeing that people need help with? You've talked about closets maybe being just stuff full of clothes. So I'm assuming that's got to be one of the top places and probably pantries or kitchens has got to be another top place. So what have you found? Yeah, so a lot of times I've seen a lot of garages. Like garages seem to be the places that get things just kind of chucked in over and over again where it's just piled and piled and piled. I see a lot of garages. The other thing is the pantries in specifically separate from kitchen, the pantries, because those are those places that are getting touched every single day. And a lot of times pantries are too deep or there's little weird sections to it. And there's just not, there's no system in place for it yet. Um, so a lot of that. And then I, for me particularly, there's been a lot of playrooms, kids rooms. That's, those are one of my favorites to do. Um, but because they're just so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, that the kids toys get out of control. And I think it's not being aware of the next chapter your kids are ready to be in. So getting rid of the baby toys, the board books, you know, and your kids already 10 years old and you're like, okay, we, those can be gone now. <laughs> Making room for the next chapter is really a big part of what I do. And so it sounds like you know, talking about the the pantry, maybe there's no organization in there. The shelves maybe aren't the right depth or they're, you know, weird angles. So what are some suggestions maybe that people can use to help bring some order into those spaces? Like I said before, I told you I'd say it again, apples with apples and oranges with oranges. So getting everything into categories. Um, well, number one, throwing away anything that's expired. That's easy. Easy. It's expired. Toss it. Maybe not like cereal that's two days expired, but you know. So getting that stuff out of there. And then really before incorporating any, if if you want to do bins or baskets, labels, making sure you get those categories down, but also measure everything. Have your measurements, keep it on your phone so that if you're at Target or you're at the dollar store or the container store, whatever you want to go to, you have the right the right size for everything because you don't want to go through all that work and bring it back home and it doesn't fit. Number one rule is always measure before you go shopping. So, and labeling, I think labeling in a pantry is a huge, huge asset because it keeps you accountable. It kind of keeps you in line. And then another rule in that in the pantry is keeping enough white space. We call it like white space so that if you do go to Costco and you get a large you know, thing of cashews or something, you want to have room to place it. You can shimmy things over and place it in to a spot. You don't want to have everything totally perfect. This is actually real life. This isn't, you know, TV. This isn't Netflix. So you want to make sure that you can add to it. And nothing's going to ever be perfect because we do live in our homes. But I think creating that white space is is totally key into setting you up for success. Yeah, excellent points. I love it. Making sure you've got the measurements. That's huge 
I have recently bought some baskets for my pantry and, you know, thinking they're going to fit on the shelf this way and they don't. So I have to put them this way and it, it works, but you know, it, I had to rearrange everything to make it fit that way. So that would have been good to know ahead of time. And also the white space. And you're right, like having the room to be able to shift things around as other things come in is fantastic tips. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah. I love it. Well, so let's talk now about if there was any challenges that you kind of experienced going through this process of whether it be setting up your business, you know, generating new business, dealing with clients, anything you'd like to share on that? Yeah. I think honestly, my biggest challenge, the female imposter syndrome, just really that I would go, okay, I know I'm good at this, but for some reason I would see someone on Instagram doing a better job or I would just feel some kind of weird energy. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not good at this. This is how, why would I ever think I could do this? Like, I, I can't, this is horrible. And then I had to really be so mindful of that because that can get me down so quickly. And I know that's that's not an uncommon issue for especially women. I I had to really be mindful of it and, you know, kick myself in the pants and go, no, like you have clients that that appreciate you, that are friends now. I, I become very close with these people pretty easily. I, I'm in their underwear drawers, so I, I would hope so. But it the imposter syndrome was so hard for me and it, it still gets to me to be honest it really i've i've slowed down a little bit for the summer and i feel like oh well that's not right i can't be doing that but i i get to do it so i have to go i get to do this i get to do this i think the other big challenge in relation to that is my very first client i had to postpone because i had a sick kid and I think that was one of those things I was like, why did I ever think I could do this? This is horrible. I, I've made a huge error. I have two little kids. Why do I think that this is okay? Just totally my inner critic just being so mean, you know? And so those were my big challenges. It wasn't anything to do with any difficult clients. I have the best clients. I, I've always had people, have people ask me, like, do you have a really bad client? Do you have a mean client? Like, never. I have the best clients. I can't even think about how lucky I am. It's it's just amazing. So yeah, the challenges are really all the things in here. Those are the challenges. So and as long as I know that and I'm aware of it, I know that I'm gonna be okay. I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed in whatever capacity I want to. That's so excellent. Thank you for sharing that. And and you're so right on. You're not the only one. And we do that to ourselves so often to just thinking like somebody else is doing it better. Why did I think I could even do it? And I mean, I've had those thoughts as well about my podcast and comparing myself to other podcast hosts. And it's like, you just have to realize that you have something to offer and you have skills and you have knowledge and experience and, and what you have to share is important. And so I love that you you know, share that that is your challenge and how you're overcoming that. And that's working on your mind. Yeah. Mindset. Perspective. That's right. That. <laughs> Absolutely. Mindset, reset and perspective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, so then let's talk a little bit about some more tips that you can share if somebody is getting ready to begin working on, say, their garage. And it is that, you know, huge overwhelm. And it really, that becomes the catch-all, right? The absolute catch-all, just put it in the garage. So what's maybe some tips that you could share that can help people who are getting ready to tackle like a really big project like that? Yeah, I think something I say a lot is um, set yourself up for success. Set yourself up for each session to be successful. Set a timer. I love if I give my clients homework, if I started something and I'm like, these are the things I need you to kind of go through. These are things I need you to make decisions on. I always tell them, set a timer for 30 minutes, an hour, even two hours, race the clock and do as much as you can in those two hours. Stay in that one spot, grab your water, turn music on, make it, give yourself an environment of, of doing. And I think that that one tip has helped people so much because it's kind of a game you kind of make it a game. And if you, especially if you do a 30 minutes and you're like, I have 45 minutes until I need to go pick up kids from school. So I basically have 30 minutes to get something done. Let me just do as much as I can. And again, going back to starting, just grab a trash bag or a bin or whatever, and just grab the trash because there's so many times we have, I mean, I'm trying to look like I probably have, I have like a piece of trash on my desk right now that I, I don't know why it's there. It's just sitting there, you know, it's, it's just human nature, I think. So especially a garage, there's going to be things that are in nooks and crannies. And I think starting with the trash first and then and then going down our list of trash and then donate. And then does this need to go somewhere else? A lot of times at the garage, the garage specifically, a lot of the times everything in the garage really is supposed to be in the ground or it needs to go up in the attic if applicable. So that's that's huge. That's like the number one thing is setting, giving yourself this environment of, of success and productivity. Yeah, for sure. And that the, the tip that you just shared about setting a timer is so good because I think when you think about having to tackle something like that, you immediately think it's going to take me forever. And I don't have forever. And so by saying, okay, just start with 30 minutes and do what you can or start with the hour if you've got it. That's a great tip. Set a timer, get that music going, focus for just until that timer goes off and then you're done and move on. (laughs) Wow. And always, I always say, if you have an Apple watch, not an ad, obviously, but like, your workout I mean doing a workout on it and then you're getting credit I feel like it makes you like go okay I need to move I'm gonna keep doing this and the other thing in relation to that going back a little bit is don't if you see something and you're like oh oh shoot this needs to go in the kitchen don't bring it to the kitchen make a pile make a rehome box and and after your timer's off then go deal with that part because a lot of times I've found is I mean I do it too is I get distracted I get like, oh, I need to make this grilled cheese sandwich and then I get distracted and, oh, I got to clean this. And it's just whatever. I'm like thinking of what my day was like today and I burnt a grilled cheese sandwich. So, but you know what? You brought up such a good point right there because I think that we're all, that happens to us so often is you see something that needs to be somewhere else. And so you run to go take it to where it needs to be. And then you've lost any momentum that you had on the space you were working on. 
And then you, wherever you go to, and now you're suddenly like, oh, there's this I need to do here. And then it takes you somewhere else and you're zigzagging all over the house. Yeah. Right. And not getting the thing done that you really need to do. So that's another great point is just set it aside in a pile that you'll deal with when your timer's up. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. This can happen. This is for any space, really. Any space that you're, you know, trying to tackle. But yeah, garage is trying to just start slow. Start small. Don't look at the big picture. Look at the corner first. And yeah, that's that's the only way you're going to be able to do it without, you know, tailspinning, really. <laughs> yeah. And, and what do they always say about you can eat an elephant? But it's like one bite at a time, right? So the the garage is the elephant and you can only just eat one little section at a time, right? So you just work on that section until it's done and then move on. So that's, that's brilliant. Very true. Yeah. Well, so I want to talk a little bit about, because you shared with us in the beginning about how you launched it and kind of what was some of the, the driving factors for that, but maybe what were some of the key decisions that you had to make to kind of, you know, have this come about? Yeah. So that's a good question. I think the big part was, can I do this? How do I, I relied a lot on my mom and my mother-in-law to watch kids for that beginning part. Can I set up a schedule with them? And then my son ended up going into preschool. So then that was one kid down. And then my daughter is the younger one. And so I, could I could I find people to watch her while I'm doing this? That was That was the big hurdle because I was in that. That was the chapter I was in. Things are getting easier now that kids are going to be going back into school full-time, full-time. Like, together, one school, one drop off. My life is going to be so much easier in certain ways. I think that was like the big part. I did get a lot of encouragement from family and friends. I think that was what I needed. I did need a lot of that. And I did get the support from the grandmas to watch kids. And that was the, the big hurdle. And then I didn't know anything about starting a business. I had no idea what I was doing. So I really needed to make sure that I was doing it right. I needed to start on the right foot. And I think I did that. I did a lot of research. There was a lot of research going on for like four months, I think. And it helped a lot. It helped to be able to iron that out. And I wrote everything down. And yeah, that was kind of, those were the big things that I needed to start with. That's great. And some something that you brought up there about like not even knowing how to start a business and like what you needed to do for that because I think that's a huge hurdle for people that you don't know what you don't know and it's so overwhelming and it's like you do just have to dig into some research and find out like what are the steps what do I need to do to start a business what are the things the processes and all of that and so that's a great point is you know, just starting with some research and Google's phenomenal, right? Everything is on Google. Yeah. Just ask Google, how do I start a business? And, you know, there's the, the answer for you. Yeah. Don't take every word. Don't take word for everything. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly it's all there. YouTube, YouTube was my best friend for sure. <laughs> yes. And, and another place, of course, to learn so much is on YouTube. So yeah, fantastic. Thank you for sharing those. And and so that leads me to another question. Just 
are there any books that you have read maybe related to organization or any other books that you think would be beneficial or helpful for the listeners that you want to share? That would be great. Yeah. So a couple podcasts that I started listening to, I found these people on YouTube and then I started listening to their podcast. But in particular with starting a professional organizing business is the Pro Organizer Bootcamp. It's Melissa Merrill, I think is how you say her last name. She's great. She's very encouraging. I love listening to her stuff. And then also I Speak Organize at Melanie Summers, I think it is. She's she's also great. Like about like how all the steps of what you need to do, all the things to think about, how to how to talk about pricing, how to, you know, do you do an LLC? Just everything, everything that you can think of. And then the one of the books that I read first was Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Profit First was very helpful. It was it was an easy read. It was very black and white. And I don't have a good finance brain. I'm that's just not who I am. And that's okay. But he just laid it out so easily that I was like, okay, I can I can do that. I can set that up. And he talks about setting up different accounts for different situations. And it was just very helpful. I just think I need to reread that book again because it was that helpful. And it's something that I always think about and I always recommend that book. But those are the ones that I, I read that I or listened to and read that I how I got started. And then something I read, I've read a lot of like minimalist mom books, just a lot of like the playroom stuff. Not like I'm not someone that's going to encourage like, let's have five blocks for our baby and that's it. That's not realistic because we get gifts and we live in the real world. But just kind of being mindful of you know, how much we're really putting in our home and what we're putting in our home and how distracting those things are. So those are another set of books that I've read recently. There's so much stuff out there right now. <laughs> For sure. And I'll include the details of those, the book that you just suggested, yeah, Profit First. One of my other guests had mentioned that as well. So fantastic advice. And I haven't read it, surprisingly, but I, I think I've got to read it now. And then I'll include the podcast names that you've uh, suggested as well in the show notes so the listeners can take a look at those and get some hopefully great advice from there as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, so I'd love for you to share your website and your Instagram, anything you'd like to share. And especially if listeners have questions, they want to reach out and maybe um, pick your brain on something. How would they do that easily? Yeah. So I think the best way is to go through Instagram. You can see what I what I do. And, you know, I always have tips on there and quotes and, you know, just inspirational stuff. And you can always message me through Instagram. And it's an.organize.perspective. And that's my handle. And I think that's always the best way to get a hold of me. And then you can go through there and find my website and you know, check that all of that kind of stuff out as well. And you can text me whatever. And I'm always up for if someone needs to pick my brain, I always love that. So I can talk about it forever. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. And I'll uh, make sure to put that in the notes as well. And Jen, thank you so much for being on the show. I love the tips that you shared. It's so helpful and really some very easy things that you can do to get started on a project maybe that you've been putting off or you know, something you just feel like you need to work on around your home. I love it. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of that with us. 
I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been so nice talking to you. Excellent. Well, we'll talk more soon. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening. Thank you all for being here. I'm thrilled to have you join me for my new podcast. If you found this episode enjoyable, I'd love for you to show your support by following, rating, and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback will not only help me improve, but it will also help others discover the content. Happy listening.